Steve Houchins with us today. He come out the house last night bearing gifts. He brought me a big thing of ribs. If you ain't never eaten none of Steve's ribs, uh, you ain't had no ribs. And uh, he left. I took a picture of it and sent it to Jack Tripp because when Jack was here preaching, he made Jack some, and he's asked me about it a hundred times. And he said, I'd send him a picture of it. I said, Brother Steve was just here, and he brought me some ribs. And he immediately texted back and said, I wish I was there. I said, sorry. <laughs> All right, take your Bibles, please, this morning. And uh, I'm not done with uh, Paul's, uh, people in Paul's ministry. I'm not done with that yet. But the Lord has led me a different way this morning. And open your Bible to the Song of Solomon chapter 5 this morning. Song of Solomon chapter 5 and Revelations chapter 3. The Song of Solomon chapter 5 and Revelations chapter 3. And I want to go back this morning in the sermon barrel. And the Lord has led me to preach a message that I actually preached in 2014 on a Sunday night, but the only thing about uh, preaching a message on Sunday night, most of the church never hears it, and uh, so every now and then the Lord uh, leads you to uh, go back and preach them again, and uh, and I don't have a problem with that, uh, we sing the same songs every week, and uh, truth's truth, and I don't know about you, but I've been reading the same Bible for about 50 plus years, uh, Amen. And we've only got one book, and there's only so much in there uh, that we can grasp. There's a lot more in there than we can grasp. Uh, but I think this message is a very timely message today for the time we're living in. Song of Solomon, chapter 5, and verse 1. He said, I am coming to my garden, my sister, my spouse. I have gathered my mirth with my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb with my honey. I have drunk my wine with my milk. Yea, or eat, O friends, drink, yea, drink abundantly, O beloved. I sleep, but my heart waketh. This is the bride talking now. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. For my head is filled with dew, and my locks with the drops of the night. I have put off my coat, how shall I put it on? I have washed my feet, how shall I defile them? My beloved put in his hand by the hole of the door, and my bowels were moved for him. I rose up to open to my beloved, and my hands dropped with mirth, and my fingers with sweet-smelling mirth upon the handles of the lock. I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul fainteth when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. The watchmen that were about the city found me. They smote me. They wounded me. The keepers of the walls took away my veil from me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, that you tell him that I am sick of love. Revelations chapter 3 and verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him, and he with me. Thank you. you may be seated. Father God, we thank you this morning. Lord, for the opportunity once again to stand and proclaim the blessed Word of God. Thank you, Lord, for a good attendance today to preach to. And uh, Lord, if there was three, it'd be more than I deserve and more responsibility, Lord, than I would care to bear and have to answer for at the judgment seat of Christ. But Lord, as I come today, I ask you, Lord, today to bless the Word of God. And uh, Lord, I pray you'll refresh my mind, revive my spirit, and uh, Lord, I pray you'd give me liberty and the ability to be able to preach, and I pray you'd open up people's ears that they'd be able to hear, and Father, as we come to you today, Lord, I pray that, Lord, you might, you might loosen us today, 
and uh, Lord, as you did Lazarus. Lazarus was alive. Lazarus was out of the grave. But Lazarus was still all bound up. And the Lord seemed like in these days we're living in, uh, seemed like the church is all bound up. But I pray today that, God, you might loosen us a little bit today, that we might worship and praise you like we ought to in the way you desire. I pray for the lost today, and I pray for the church, and ask your blessings in Christ's name. Amen and amen. These scriptures are in different ends of the Bible. One of them is all the way over uh, in the Old Testament there, about halfway through, uh, here in the Song of Solomon chapter 5. And the other verse is all the way over to the other end of the Bible in Revelations chapter 3 and verse 20, speaking about the Laodicean church age. Now, we might wonder why, what these could have in common or what the cross-reference might be between this uh, sleeping bride and the church of Laodicea. Uh, but we find some similarities there. Uh, one of them is they are both in the period of the night time. We say that because here in Song of Solomon, the Bible said that uh, she's asleep, and uh, so it's the night time. And then we know the church, Laodicea, we know the church tonight, even though we're children of the day, that we are not, we are not of the night, but we know we're in the night. Paul said the night is far spent. And so right now we're waiting for the morning. You say, what happens in the morning? Joy comes in the morning. Uh, weeping endureth only for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And then we have the person doing the knocking. It's the same person in both places. Uh, here it is the bridegroom in the Song of Solomon. And over in Revelations 3.20 it was the Lord. Uh, and He's knocking. And in both cases uh, uh, there's a problem in both cases. Uh, the bride won't get up and open the door. And uh, the church won't open it there. So we see the problem that is seen here. And uh, I want you to look here at a little phrase there that's found in verse 5. And that's what I want to preach about this morning. And it's, uh, it's the problem here, what she says here. He comes, he knocks on the door. She's in there. She's asleep. He wakes her up. And uh, he, uh, he's wanting in. He's wanting to come in. Fellowship. Wanting to come in. Be with her. But she says, I have put off my coat. In other words, she says, uh, I've, uh, that's her excuse she gives. She said, I've already taken my coat off. Now, there's some things about that we want to think about this morning when we think about the person that takes their coat off. Uh, uh, if we got our coat on, if we got our coat on, uh, uh, that speaks that we're, we're ready for something. We're ready for something. Uh, in other words, if you put your coat on, you walk through the house, uh, uh, yeah, my wife might say, where are you going? Because you got your coat on. You're ready for something. Uh, uh, but if you take your coat off, if I come to your house and you say, uh, Brother Rick, take your coat off and stay a while. Uh, uh, well, when you take your coat off, that's an indication uh, uh, that you're not planning on going anywhere right now real quick. Uh, uh, it, and then it shows uh, uh, an expectation uh, uh, if I if I got my coat on, I, I'm expecting to go somewhere. I, if I'm sitting there waiting for somebody and I've got my coat on, like I've done uh, hundreds of times in a motel on a Sunday morning, uh, uh, waiting for the preacher I'm preaching for to come pick me up, uh, and I'm sitting there in the lobby and i got my coat on because uh, I have an expectation that he's going to come. Uh, and uh, so to us today, the church today, uh, uh, for each of us here this morning, uh, uh, we need to have our coat on. You say, why? Because we ought to be ready to go somewhere. Amen. Uh, uh, we ought to have our coat on uh, uh, because uh, if we got it off, that means we're planning on staying here a while. Amen. And if we got our coat on, we're expecting somebody to come. Amen. I, I'm glad this morning I'm expecting somebody to come. I, I'm glad this morning that I'm not planning on staying here a long while. Amen. I, and so there's a good message here in this, uh, in this fifth chapter of the Song of Solomon. I want to show you three things uh, about this this morning. First of all, uh, I want to look at the bride. I want to look at her condition. 
The Bible said in Song of Solomon 5 and 1, she said, I sleep, but my heart awaketh. Now we see three things here in this scripture. Number one, we see a sleeping bride. The Bible said there, she said, I sleep. And then we see a stirred heart. The Bible said there, verse 4, he said, the Lord, he said he put his hand there, and she saw his hand, and it stirred her heart. Amen. And not only do we see a sleeping bride and a stirred heart, but we see also that showed hand. Amen. The Lord showed His hand and that stirred her heart. Amen. Whenever the Lord wanted to stir up the disciples, He always showed them His hand. The Bible said Thomas, he doubted, he didn't believe, and the Lord showed him His hands. Amen. Whenever you doubt, the Lord cares. He shows us His hand. And so we see here, her condition is drowsy. Well, that's the condition of the church right now. Amen. The church is in a spirit of slumber. The church is in a drowsy time. Amen. You see, when you're drowsy, when you're drowsy, the older you get, I'm getting older. I'm not old, but I'm getting older. And the older you get, the more drowsy you become. Amen. Uh, is that right, Brother Bill? He's shaking his head. Amen. That's right, preacher. And the older you get, the more drowsy you become. I, I used to. I could drink a. I could drink a cup of coffee and be up all, all night. I, now I can drink a whole pot and go to bed and sleep like a baby. Amen. I, I, you say, what causes that, preacher? Well, your arteries are all clogged up and everything, and the blood ain't flowing real good. I, I, like it is with a young person. That's probably what causes that. Amen. I, I, but when you're drowsy, you know, you're not really thinking like you ought to think. I, I, when you're drowsy, your mind's drowsy too. Amen. I, I'm thinking about a story this morning Brother Wade Ford told me years ago. Uh, and uh, him and Brother Eddie and his cousin Barry, uh, uh, they all grew up together. Uh, and uh, and I mean, they wasn't nothing they hadn't done, nothing they wouldn't do. Uh, uh, and they grew up. Their mamas had to work at the factory like mine did. Uh, and so they had to stay with, uh, with their granddaddy. They stayed with Wade's granddaddy. Uh, and uh, he always sat in a recliner. And uh, he'd just sit in the recliner all the time, most times sleep. Uh, and uh, if anything got real bad, you know, he'd wake up. Uh, and so Brother Wade said, Brother Rick said, it's the funniest thing that I've ever seen in my whole life. Uh, uh, he said, we all come up with this. Uh, and he said, Grandpa would always sit in a chair and go to sleep. Uh, uh, and he would lay his glasses over on the coffee table. Uh, and he said, we come up with this plan. Uh, and uh, he said he always kept a, a pistol in the drawer, but all it ever had in it was blanks. Uh, uh, with nothing real in it. Uh, and he said, we come up with it that when he went to sleep, uh, uh, he said we got his glasses uh, and we took a permanent magic marker uh, and we painted it as black as you could get the lenses of his glasses. Uh, uh, he said, we got that pistol out of the drawer. You think your kids are mean. Uh, uh, he got that pistol out of the drawer uh, and he said we uh, he said we got there and waited till he was real quiet and he was real asleep uh, and he said we shot that blank uh, and we hollered at the same time Grandpa somebody's breaking in uh, and he said he reached over and got them glasses and he put on uh, and he said I'm blind they've shot me I'm blind I'm blind uh, That's a real story. That's true. <laughs> when you're sleeping, you don't think about things like you do. And uh, my sister, she'll remember this, and we ought to have been killed for it. But my, my next to her sister, Carrie, was sick, and she'd been home all day in the bed sick. And, uh, and it was on a Saturday, and I guess my mother had to work that day. And so me and Sheila, we come up with the idea that we'd wake her up about 2 o'clock in the evening. She slept all day. She's sick. She got the flu or something. And we told her, we said, uh, uh, Carrie, you need to get up. You're going to miss the bus. Uh, and she got up about 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. Uh, and uh, she got her waiting. Them wasn't the only ones mean. Amen. And she, she got 
her, we got her all dressed up, got her little book satchel, and she's standing out there at the road waiting for the bus at 3.30 in the afternoon when my mother pulls in. I, and I, I'll tell you, it was all funny up till then. Amen. I, I, but when Mama pulled in, Mama didn't think it was too funny. And in about 30 minutes, we didn't think it was too funny. Uh, but I want you to know that when you're sleeping, when you're sleeping, you're not thinking right. I, I, when you're drowsy, you're not thinking right. I, I want you to know this old world we're living in, I'm talking about the church world, I, about half of it ain't thinking right I, I, because they're in a spirit of slumber and sleep I, and they don't even realize that somebody's about to come I, and about half the church, if not more, they've got their coat off because they ain't expecting to go nowhere where uh, they're not expecting anybody to come. Uh, and it's a theme that we can find throughout the Word of God. Amen. Uh, you say, what do you mean? Well, we can just go down the list. We got Jonah there. And we know that Jonah, the Bible said Jonah went down uh, into the sides of the ship and he lay fast asleep. Uh, that's Jonah 1.5. Uh, there Jonah is uh, and he's fast asleep. Uh, he's got his coat off. Uh, he's asleep in the bottom of the ship. Uh, but what he's supposed to be doing is preaching uh, uh, the Word of God. Uh, but there he is and he's got his coat off. Amen. Uh, uh, there's Samson man for God uh, and there's Samson there he's lying in the lap of Delilah he's got his coat off he's laying there if you will uh, he's spiritually got his coat off uh, and he's laying there in the lap of Delilah when he ought to be practicing the precepts of God uh, uh, but there he is he's got his coat off and it's asleep amen uh, I tell you the church uh, ought to be out preaching the word of God uh, uh, but many of them have went asleep. They've got their coat off. Uh, uh, we ought to be practicing the precepts of God. Uh, and if there's ever time, we ought to be doing what God tells us to do. Uh, it's right now. It's not time to slack up. Uh, uh, it's time to speed up. Amen. Uh, uh, but there he is and he has his coat off. Amen. Uh, who could forget the ten virgins? Five were wise and five were foolish. Uh, and the Bible said that while uh, the bridegroom tarried, they all uh, slumbered and slept. Uh, uh, not just five of them, but the Bible said they all uh, uh, slumbered and slept. Uh, uh, boy, I tell you, that picture's Israel there, but it's a pretty good picture of the church today. Uh, uh, everybody is slumbering and sleeping. Uh, and what they ought to have been doing, they ought to have been preparing for the coming of the Lord. Uh, none of them were ready for His coming. Uh, uh, five were wise, but five were foolish. Uh, but all of them were slumbering and sleeping uh, when they ought to have been looking for the Lord to come. Amen. Uh, there they are. They all got their coats off, if you will. Uh, and then we have the Lord Jesus uh, there in the garden of Gethsemane. He takes Peter, James, and John with him. Uh, and he says, uh, I I'm going about a stone cast over there to pray. Uh, and he said, you tarry here uh, and watch and pray. Uh, we know when he come back, they were all asleep. Uh, they had all took their coat off. They had all went to sleep. Uh, and Jesus come back uh, uh, three times. Uh, and uh, each time he woke them up, each time he told them until the last time, uh, and he said, sleep on. Uh, but here's the thing, here's the thing. Uh, while they were sleeping uh, out here, uh, Jesus was sweating blood in there. Uh, uh, did you know a lot of times uh, I've seen the church, I've seen people down at the house of God, uh, and they'd be sweating blood, uh, uh, trying to work, trying to get things together, trying to do something for God, uh, uh, while the rest of them uh, uh, was asleep. Amen. Uh, uh, did you know how some people sweat blood, other people sleep? Amen. Uh, uh, but I want you to know that them disciples, uh, they had their coat off. While they ought to have been praying, while they ought to have been praying, uh, the Bible said they was asleep. But I... It'd be interesting to see a gauge today of how much prayer is going on in the church. See how many people's really praying or have they give up and just sit by the wayside 
thinking it's all over. It ain't going to get no better than this. Ain't nothing going to happen. Ain't nothing going to break out. Ain't nobody going to get saved. Ain't nobody going to get rededicated. Ain't nothing going to go on. And we just sitting back on our leaves waiting for the Lord Jesus to come. I want you to know we got our coats off. And we're just waiting for Him to come. But we ain't even ready if He does come because we got our coats off. Amen. And what about over there in Matthew 13? Jesus told a parable and He said, While men slept, they got their coats off, while men slept, an enemy sowed tires among the wheat. In other words, for the last 15 years or longer, while the church slept, while they had their coat off, the devil's come in and boy, he's wreaked havoc. He's sowed a lot of seed. He's got a lot of stuff in the workings while men slept. Amen. We had her coat off. Amen. And so I see her condition is drowsy. She's got her coat off and she's drowsy. The Lord comes and knocks. And He's wanting in. And the Bible says, she said, I sleep, but my heart awaketh. He woke her up a little bit. You see, I believe about every Sunday, God wakes somebody up a little bit. If they don't, I'm doing a lot of praying in vain. But I believe every Sunday, God wakes somebody up. Maybe God tries to wake everybody up. But you know what to do? They roll over and hit that snooze. They roll over and say, well, it's a long ways down there to the altar. There's COVID going on. And if I go down there to pray, who knows if the person that prayed there this morning, if they haven't left germs there. Or who knows if the person down here if they're praying that I'm not going to get something from them, and it's just too risky to go down there, it's too risky to move for God. Yeah. Well, I'd like to testify, but really, I, I really don't feel up to it today. I really don't feel like it. Did you know nowhere in the Bible it says you got to feel like it to testify? No, it don't say you've got to feel one cotton-picking thing. The Bible, you say, what does it say? Here's what it says. Be ready always to give an answer the reason I hope it's in you. That means if I say, give a testimony. Give a testimony. Give a testimony. You're scared to death right now thinking, Lord God, He's going to do it. You're saved. You ought to be able to give a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't even have to think about it to stand up and say, Thank God He saved me. Thank God I ain't going to hell. Thank God I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. Thank God. You don't even have to think about it. But you see, we've somehow the devil's deceived people into thinking they got to feel everything. You got to feel to sing. You got to feel to preach. You got to feel to give a testimony. You got to feel to witness. I don't know where you got that at, but you didn't get it out of that Bible. Because that Bible said the just shall live by faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. And I'll tell you something, brother. When you step out on faith and you say, I don't feel nothing, well, you give a testimony on the credit. You do everything else on the credit. You buy Christmas on the credit card. You get gas on the credit. You order off of Amazon and Zulily and all that other stuff on the credit. What about giving a praise to God on the credit and say, Lord, Lord, I don't feel like it today, but I'll pay you back twice when I feel like it. I don't believe God would get mad about that. Amen. 
I mean, uh, do it on, do it because it's right to do it. Amen. Get saved not because you feel like it, because it's right to get saved. Uh, amen. Testify because it's right to testify. Why some of you ain't testified in so long? <laughs> if you stood up and did it today, the angel would say, "Lord, who's that?" Amen. She's drowsy. She's took her coat off. The Lord says, she said, I have put off my coat. We see her conditions drowsy. Number two, we see her comments are that of delay. She says in verse three, I have put off my coat. How shall I put it on? I've washed my feet. How shall I defile them? You'd think that was a great undertaking. I mean, somebody knocks on the door. I can't do it now. I've already washed my feet. I don't know if people do that like the old folks used to. My grandmother prophet, you did not get in her bed without washing your feet. You might not take a whole bath, but you're going to wash them feet. Everybody had one of them little white wash pans with a red ring around it. Remember that? And if you didn't take a if you didn't take a whole shower, you'd fill that up, uh, and you'd sit out in a chair and you'd wash your feet. And the Lord's knocking; He's wanting in. Uh, and she said, "Lord, uh, you woke me up, but I can't get up and go to the door because I'd have to wash my feet again." Ain't that silly? That's how silly our excuses are that we make for why we don't do something for God. I mean, if, if, if she got up and went over and she opened the door and let the Lord in and had fellowship with the Lord, I mean, how much trouble would it be to get a little water in a pan uh, and wash her feet again? Uh, uh, how much trouble would that be? Uh, a lot of things, we make excuses to God uh, uh, because it'd be too much trouble. How much trouble was it for Him to go up the cross of Calvary? How much trouble was it for Him uh, to suffer down the cross uh, and pay for your sins and mine? Uh, and we don't even want to wash our feet to get up and open the door. Amen. She said, Lord, I've, washed, I've already washed my feet, Lord. And I'd have to do it again. Lord, I can't come Sunday night. I got to work in the morning. Let me let you in on a little secret. Half of the world's got to work in the morning. Amen. Lord, I can't come to Sunday school. I'd have to get up early. But you're going to get up in the morning at 5.30, 4 o'clock, a few ladies fix your hair and get all your makeup on. So you can leave to go to work at 7. Amen. Amen. But we can't get up early enough, early enough to do something for the Lord. Listen, uh, listen. Uh, she said, I've done put my coat on. Oh, how much trouble is this? Uh, she said, I've done took my coat off. Uh, and the Lord's knocking on the door. How much trouble would it be for her uh, uh, just to slip that coat back on uh, and go over and open the door uh, and take that coat off again? Uh, how much trouble would that be? Uh, I'm saying, church, uh, that a lot of the excuses we make, uh, uh, they're nothing, amen. They're nothing. Uh, how much trouble would it be? What if it was a little trouble? Think about how much trouble we've been to here. Amen. Amen. She's got her coat off. Don't miss this statement this morning. If you don't get anything else that I'm going to say, get this. Sometimes physical illness brings about spiritual wellness. You say, where'd you get that at? God gave it to me. Amen. 
God gave it to me while I was praying this week. It just turned in my mind like a light turning on. And God said sometimes, uh, uh, through the impression of the Spirit, God said sometimes uh, uh, physical illness uh, brings about spiritual wellness. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, you got to get in the hospital to get back in church. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, uh, you got to get in the ER before you get back in the Bible. Amen. Uh, uh, sometimes you lose faith physical health that you might gain spiritual health. Amen. She said, I've took my coat off. When people take their coat off, when I think about somebody taking their coat off, they say, me and Caleb got into it this morning. I said, all right, buddy, just meet me outside. We go out there and I take my coat off. Say, so why are you doing that for? I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to fight. You see, some people have took their coat off at the church house because uh, they were ready to fight. They come looking for a fight. They wanted to fight. There's just some people that love to fight. Amen. Brother Sheets told me years ago, he said, Preacher, he said, every now and then people will come into church uh, and all they want to do is fight. Uh, they've got their coat off. All they want to do is fight. Uh, and he said, Preacher, you can't hardly whip them uh, because all they ever done was fight uh, and they're good at it. They know how to do it. Amen. Uh, he said, the best thing to do uh, is stay away from them. Amen. But I think about people that take their coat off because they're ready to fight I think about this people get real frustrated and angry and hot headed they take their coat off bless God I won't take that preaching like that who, who does he think he is tell you one thing I won't be back to this church again I've had all of that I care to listen for they're hot-headed, amen. They're hot-headed. You take your coat off, you want to fight. If you want to fight, don't join the army. Get married. <laughs> Melvin Sisson said to him and his wife had been married at the time for 55 years. And somebody said, Melvin, said, how did you make it? And he said, he said, I fought a good fight, amen. I, he said, I kept the faith. I, I want you to know, listen, I, I, sometimes people take their coat off uh, because they get hot and they get frustrated. Some people are just hot-headed people. They get mad at everything. You say, preacher, I'm just hot-headed. Well, you need to get that big head cooled off. Preacher, I just blow up real easy, but I get over it real quick. Well, somebody said, that's the way a shotgun blast. It just happens real quick, but it tears everything all to pieces. Your wife, you know, sometimes we, we ag it on. Your husband. Brother Epps give the best illustration. He said sometimes him and his wife said he'd come in. She wasn't in the best mood anyway, and he wasn't either. And said he'd come in and she'd say just a little thing. You're, you're a little late today, aren't you? Or he might look and say, you mean you ain't even cooked nothing all day? What have you been doing? And he said, it reminds me, he said, of an old car. You remember them old cars and they'd get hot? They'd get hot and you'd pull over and there'd be steam coming out of the radiator. And Brother Epps said, that's the way we do people. We see they're hot. We see they're... They're already hot. They're about ready to blow. And he said, we do them just like we did that old car radiator. We'll go. Just keep fooling with it until finally we get it so loose that finally it blows everywhere. Amen. I, I, that's the way people are. And people that are easily mad, easily blowed up, uh, they're always ready to give place to the devil. The Bible said give no place to the devil. I love this verse in Proverbs 16.32. 
The Bible, people say, well, preacher, I'm just, not, I'm just hot-headed. That's my nature. Well, you used to be a drunk. That was your nature too, wasn't it? You used to, you used to talk bad. That was your nature too. But you got saved and, and the Lord changed that. Don't you think the Lord can change your hot head? Don't you think the Lord can change your hard heart? I, I mean the Lord. He's got power to do it all. You say, preacher, that verse you never did quote it. Here's what it says. Uh, Proverbs 16 and 32. Uh, uh, the Bible says, uh, a person that's not able to rule their own spirit, uh, they're like a city with walls broken down. Uh, you say, what's that mean? That means uh, you've got no walls in your life. Uh, uh, anybody can just walk right in. Uh, and they can just make you mad at the drop of a hat. Uh, did you know, I guarantee you that you know uh, that your wife knows exactly what it takes to push your button. Amen. Go ahead and sit there, you bunch of quiet women. I'm telling you the truth anyway. Amen. Uh, uh, did you know, did you know, did you know that your wife knows exactly what button to set you men off? Amen. And if you don't have any walls in your life, uh, they'll just walk right in when they're having a bad day and they'll push that button. Amen. Uh, if you don't have any walls of prayer, any walls of control over your own spirit, it's pretty hard to fight with somebody that won't fight. It's pretty hard to fuss with somebody that won't fuss. You say, what's that do? What makes them get harder? Or if they won't fuss with you, it makes you get hotter. You just keep pushing more buttons. Because they got more than one, and you know every one of them. Amen. She laid. She said, all of her talk is about delaying. She wants to do everything, but everything. She wants to do everything, but put that coat on and go open up the door. People take their coat off. If I went over to Brother Bill and Sister Mary's house, I come in. They might say, Brother Rick, take your coat off. Sit down there and rest a minute. Take a load off your feet. People take their coat off when they're planning on relaxing. Most of the church has got their coat off. Because they're relaxing. This ain't much of a time to be relaxing. Amen. Amen. Listen, the Bible says here that she is talking about delay. Every excuse she could come up with other than putting a coat on. Putting a coat on. We see her conditions drowsy. Her comments are comments are delayed. They're delayed. But her consequences are disastrous. You say, what do you mean? Well, the Bible said, she said, I put off my coat. How shall I put it on? I've washed my feet. How shall I defy them? My beloved put in his hand by the hole of the door, and my bowels were moved for him. That's an old English word. They used bowels back then the way we use the heart. The way we use the heart. I don't change, I don't change the words of the Bible. There is some words that's kind of archaic. Sister Linda, I don't know how your tide got on the floor. I guess I blowed it out there. Amen. Lord, I don't know if I ought to even tell this or not. I'm talking about how they use that word in the old English word, the bowels. It meant the heart, the heart. And I'm for the King James Bible. And I'm for all the words, archaic and all. But sometimes you got to improvise a little bit. And we, I won't call the name, but we had a young guy got saved. And thank God he'd been reading his Bible. We'd go back in the prayer room and he'd say, I want us to pray for sister so-and-so. My bowels are really moved for her. 
I thought, did I hear him say what I thought he said? <laughs> said it again out in the auditorium. We started taking prayer out there. You say, what'd you do? I would have done what any good pastor would do. I'd say, brother, I appreciate you reading the Word of God and everything, but some of them words are archaic and, and, and we have to realize they mean different things now. And if you don't care, just say, my heart's moved for her. Amen. <laughs> Y'all just don't know what it's like being a pastor. <laughs> the Bible said here that, that she said, she said, my bowels were moved for him. I rose up to open my beloved, my hands dropped with mirth. You say, what's that mean? That means he's had his hand on that handle. And the anointing of God, the perfume of God, the oil of God is all over that handle. And the Bible said, she said, I opened my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself. And he was gone. My soul failed when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. The watchmen that went about the city found me. They smote me. They wounded me. The keepers of the wall took away my veil from me. I charge you, O daughter of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, you tell him that I'm sick. I'm sick of love. She's lovesick. Here's the consequences of not getting up, not opening the door, not putting your coat on, not listening to the Lord, not being willing to wash your feet again, not being willing to pick your coat up and put it back on again. See, most Christians, here's the way they live. They come to church on Sunday morning and they put their coat on. When church is over, they take their coat off and they hang it in the closet. See you again next Sunday. So that's the way most people live. Is this all right? It don't really matter if it is or not. I'm preaching it, amen. Just want to kind of gauge where I was at this morning. But you see, too long, waiting too long. It was disastrous. Now I've got some good things to say right here, finishing this thing. David took his coat off in Second Samuel chapter eleven. He took his coat off and a lot more than that when he went down to Bathsheba's. And Bathsheba, she took her coat off. But I'm here to tell you, I'm glad to tell you this. They both took them off over to palace, but they got them back on at the baby's grave. Yeah, First Samuel, 2 Samuel 12, David got his coat back on when the baby died. Got his coat back on. I'm thinking about the Apostle Peter. He took his coat off. That's why he was cold. He's out there by the fire. And he cusses a little bit. He denies he knows the Lord. But he got his coat back on. Over in John 21 on the banks of the ocean sea. The Lord's got fish on the fire. He got it back on. Samson took his coat off. And laid in Delilah's lap. But he got it back on. After they jobbed his eyes out. And after he'd ground the corn. And he got it back on. When he said, Lord, just strengthen me one more time, Lord. Just let me feel your spirit once again. He got it back on. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. When she decided, you see... This is a fellowship with God. It's kind of like salvation. You don't do it on your time. You do it on God's time. It's like we studied the other night. Everything that we've got, as Steve mentioned this morning, is given to us by the Lord. If the Lord don't give it to us, we can't get it. 
And you see, she wanted to fellowship with the Lord later on, but when she got up and got there, he was gone. Don't think you can take your coat off anytime and then just run back to the Lord and He'll be right there waiting for you. He might and He might not. Notice this. The Bible said, She said, They smote me, they wounded me. You want the protection of the Lord? Then you better stay close to Him. You better keep your coat on. The Lord's under no obligation to protect somebody that don't want to live for Him and love Him and serve Him. He's under no obligation. If He does it, He does it simply because of the grace of God and the goodness of God and the kindness of God. But if you want the Lord's protection... You better get up when He calls and you better keep your coat on and you better be willing to put your shoe, wash your feet again or whatever you need to do. Amen. She did not get a direct answer. She said in verse 6, I called Him, but He gave me no answer. I called Him. Lord, I thought you were supposed to hear prayer. I thought you were supposed to be Johnny on the spot when I called you. No, you got it backwards. You're supposed to be on Johnny on the spot when he calls you. Amen. 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 Well, I'm glad, thank God, that you can take your coat off. And I'm glad, I'm glad there's enough evidence in the Bible to let us know you can put it back on. But, I'm glad there's a few in the Bible that never did take it off. You say who? Joseph kept his coat on even when Potiphar's wife tore half of it off. Joseph kept his coat on. Ain't that good? Daniel kept his coat on when the president and all his committees had met and said no more praying. And everybody took their coat off. Except Daniel. And Daniel kept his coat on even when he knew what they'd signed. Even when he knew what they'd wrote. Daniel kept his coat on. And he not only kept it on, hid inside four walls. He opened up the windows and he said, I'm praying to God like I've always prayed to God. And he said, I'm keeping my coat on like I've always kept it on. Daniel kept his coat on. Praise God. The prodigal son. Let me mention John there on the island of Patmos. The Bible said John was here. He said, "I'm I'm a companion and a brother of those at tribulation. He said, I'm here for the Word of God and for what I stood for. And he said, that's why I'm here. And he still got his coat on. After being thrown in ball and all, he still got his coat on. When the others took theirs off and fled, he still got his own standing there by the cross. And the Lord looks down and said, John, your mother, I said, woman, you're, you're, go with him. He'll take care of you. He's still got his coat on. He's there on the island of Patmos, probably all alone. And he said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Now that makes good preaching, but he ain't talking about Sunday morning. Though the Lord has projected him way out in time. And he's seeing the day of the Lord. That's why we got revelations. Amen. But we got that prodigal son. He took his coat off when he left the father's house. He took his coat off and he went down in that far country. And he got down there and there came a famine in that land. Didn't come everywhere else, but the Bible said in that land where he lived. And he lost his money, he lost his friends, 
No man would give him anything to eat. He would eat the husks off of the, uh, the corn that he fed the swine. If somebody would give it to him, nobody would give it to him. He gets down there, and his stomachs are growling. He don't have any money. He don't have no friends. He doesn't have anyone that cares about him. And he's standing there in the middle of that muck and mire, and the hogs are wallowing all around him. He looks down, them old hogs are grabbing up the slop and the corn. And he said, here I stand perishing with hunger. And no man had given to me anything. But God reached in and turned the light on. And the Bible said He came to Himself. And He said, How many hired servants of my Father have bread enough to spare? He said, I know what I'll do. I'll arise and I'll go to my Father and I'll say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son comes back he's got his coat off got his coat off when he comes back he's willing to be a servant he's willing to be the a hired servant which is a, you see some of the servants were with the father all time year round deals but the hired servants were people they just hired when they needed extra help he was willing to be the lowest he could be and he come back brother Steve stand up a minute he come back, he's got his coat off. But when he comes back, his father puts it back on him. His father said, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put his coat back on him. Because this, my son was dead. He's alive forevermore. I don't know any better word I could give you as your pastor. February the 7th, 2021, in this COVID climate we're living in, in this chaotic society that we're a part of, I don't know any better word I could give you this morning as your pastor than this. Keep your coat on. Somebody's coming. Be ready to go somewhere. Keep your coat on. Father, I come this morning. Oh Lord, 